Welcome to the Digital Edge with Sharon Nelson and Jim Calloway. Your hosts, both legal technologists, authors, and lecturers, invite industry professionals to discuss a new topic related to lawyers and technology. You're listening to Legal Talk Network. Welcome to the 124th edition of the Digital Edge, Lawyers and Technology. We're glad to have you with us. I'm Sharon Nelson, president of Sensei Enterprises, an information technology, cybersecurity, and digital forensics firm in Fairfax, Virginia. And I'm Jim Calloway, director of the Oklahoma Bar Association's Management Assistance Program. Today, our topic is the Lean Law Firm. Before we get started, we'd like to thank our sponsors. Thanks to our sponsor, Clio. Clio's cloud-based practice management software makes it easy to manage your law firm from intake to invoice. Try it for free at clio.com. That's C-L-I-O dot com. Thank you to Answer One, a leading virtual receptionist and answering services provider for lawyers. You can find out more by giving them a call at 800-ANSWER-THE-NUMBER-ONE or online at answerone.com. That's answerthenumberone.com. Thanks to Scorpion. Scorpion sets the standard for law firm online marketing with proven campaign strategies to get attorneys better cases from the internet. Partner with Scorpion to get an award-winning website and ROI-positive marketing programs today. Visit scorpionlegal.com slash podcast. Thanks to ServeNow, a nationwide network of trusted pre-screened process servers. Work with the most professional process servers who have experience with high-volume serves, embrace technology, and understand the litigation process. Visit ServeNow.com to learn more. We are very pleased to have as our guest, Larry Port and Dave Maxfield, the co-authors of The Lean Law Firm, the top-selling book at this year's ABA Tech Show. Larry Port is a pioneer in the field of legal technology as the founder and CEO of Rocket Matter. In addition to running a cloud-based legal practice management company, Larry speaks to an international audience on issues including attorney health and wellness, technology, productivity, and the business of law. Larry has been recognized by Fastcase as a Fastcase 50 top innovator in the field of law. Dave Maxfield is a solo practitioner who runs his consumer protection law firm in South Carolina. He's the three-time chairman of the South Carolina Bar Consumer Practice Section and past president of his county bar association. As a small and solo firm lawyer for the past 24 years, Dave immersed himself in lean systems thinking and has taught lean methodologies to lawyers in numerous CLEs, including most recently at the 2018 ABA Tech Show in Chicago. So thanks for joining us today, Larry and Dave. Hey, Jim and Sharon. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Uh, My pleasure as well. Thanks for having us, guys. Well, we're delighted to have you with us. And let's start with you, Dave. Tell us why you decided to write this book and what needs you were trying to fill. Well, Sharon, I had never written a book before. So in the process of writing a book, there's definitely times when I ask myself, oh, my God, why did I write this book? Or why did I agree to write this book? But what it came down to was I was really, I guess, trying to write with Larry the book that I had, wish I had when I was younger. I've always practiced in a smaller firm. But in a, in a bigger firm, you have the advantage of, you know, you come in as an associate, you have 
a professionally managed firm, somebody to kind of direct your work, you know, tell you what to do, tell you what not to do, tell you how to do it. But, you know, mid to small size firms on down to solos um, don't really have anybody to do that. And while, you know, as I did, when we come into the practice of law, if we're lucky, uh, we have a really good mentor um, who can, you know, somebody we can practice with who sort of shows us the ropes in terms of how to be a lawyer and how to try a case and how to practice law in court. But a lot of them don't really know the business side of things well, and that's because law schools never really teach us that for the most part. You know, a lot of us come into law school and we get out of law school and we're, you know, like I was an English lit major, which isn't exactly, you know, the uh, cutting edge of of business, you know, even back in the 90s. (laughs) So I started really early in my career looking around to see, you know, where can I look to see if I can find something that kind of tells me, you know, not so much how to be a lawyer in court, but how to be a lawyer out of court. Um, you know, how do I run the business part of things? And, you know, I found some books, you know, I found a book, I think I remember it was called Establishing a Law Practice, and it was written in about 1955. And it had this schedule in it for what a lawyer's day should look like. And it had, you know, come into the office at nine and talk on the phone for a while and dictate some correspondence. And then you go to lunch for about two hours in the middle of it. And I like that part. But then, you know, the rest of it was really not very applicable to what we were doing you know, 20 years ago, and certainly not now with email and text and all these different communications channels. So, you know, I I just never really found what I was looking for in sort of the traditional law book format. And then what I did find, though, was in things like the Toyota production system, and particularly in a book that, you know, we might talk about a little more called the Gold, you know, that manufacturing systems had really, you know, found all these ways to be faster, more efficient, and to do things better, whereas law had kind of lagged behind. And the realization that we had or that I had back then was, you know, really all businesses do the same thing. They get some kind of a raw material, whether it's, you know, actual raw material or some sort of a problem, you know, people with problems. They process it in some way, and out the other end comes, you know, a solution and money. And, you know, that some of that gets reinvested and some goes back into our pocket. So it started to become clear that um, when we looked at these other industries, they were doing things that we could really learn from. And so what Larry and I tried to do is really, I guess, uh, use those things, write the book that, you know, I wish I'd had and really teach people lean, you know, in the most accessible way we could. Well, Larry, I hate to admit it, but when your book first came into my office, I had three new books that I needed to review and yours got open first because I'd heard it was in the form of a graphic novel. So where did you get the inspiration for a graphic novel format? So, well, I mean, look, if you followed anything that, I've done it. It's never uh, traditional, so um, that's one answer. But but really, you know, I'm a big reader. I like books, but I recognize that not everybody is a big reader and likes books. I'm always trying to get people to read, like at work and wherever. And um, it, it kind of evolved. The, the first thing was is that we wanted to make sure that we had a book that had like a lot of different types of text in it. We didn't want just like paragraph after paragraph. So we wanted to have like call out boxes. We wanted to have do's and don'ts. And this is someone, you know, I'm a software engineer. So this is after wading through textbook after textbook of best like software practices and seeing the ones that work and ones that didn't. So having broken up text and little like testimonials and sidebar stories and really breaking up the text was the first thing that we wanted to do to make the book a little bit more engaging. And then we started talking about um, this book called The Goal which was written by this Israeli physicist turned industrial engineer called um, Eliyahu Goldrat, I believe is his name. 
And the whole thing is a novel. The whole thing is like a fictional narrative about this guy whose plant is going to close and how he turns the whole plant around and he has trouble with his family at the same time and so on and so forth. So we said, all right, let's combine kind of a, a novel aspect of it with chapters. So, so every chapter goes through like, uh, there's 12 chapters. So it starts in January and every, every month there's like kind of a new thing that they roll out. So there's a narrative piece that happens in this guy's law firm. And then there's some supporting stuff in the back end. So then we're like, okay, so we have this narrative. Now we have this fictional thing. Why don't we make it like a graphic novel? So we commissioned an artist and he did it. And to be honest, like we, we approved the panels that the guy was going to use for all the characters. And then we're like, this looks great. Go ahead. And so we rolled it out. And, and in some of the panels, our protagonist does look like a zombie. So not <laughs> only have we rolled out the first graphic novel that the ABA has published, we seem to have rolled out the first graphic horror novel that the ABA has published. <laughs> well, that's great. Many of us have always believed there are never enough pictures of law books anyway, Larry. <laughs> <laughs> well, where did the other ideas for Lean come from? Did they come from law firms, other law firms, or did it come from someplace else? Well, they came from someplace else. And the word lean doesn't really mean like you're trimming your costs or anything like that. It actually is the generalized term for multiple industries of what came out of Toyota called the Toyota production system, which was created by a guy named Taichi Ono. So in Agile, some of the ideas from Agile, which we also discuss in the book, also come from manufacturing. And What's been happening in other industries aside from lean is that these techniques have been adopted. They've been adopted in government. They've been adopted in software. And that's where I was exposed to them. I didn't know anything about any of this stuff until I worked as a software engineer. And we use things like Kanban boards, which we talk about in the book that help you kind of visualize uh, the phases that things go through uh, in the way Dave runs his firm. His cases go through these different phases of a Kanban board. So they came from other other places. And I always thought, you know, I, I come from this weird place. I always wondered where I'm like a software engineer looking at thousands of law firms. I'm like, why aren't these law firms employing some of these techniques? So, you know, it didn't come really from law firms, it's, but there are lean lawyers popping up all over the place. And Dave is one. And I met a guy named John McCormack, who's in, um, he's studying at Vanderbilt Industrial Engineering. And uh, there's this guy named John Grant, who is an agile attorney. So it's starting to get there. Dave, if you wanted readers to have one fundamental takeaway from the book, what would it be? Well, I'm going to do one big one and then one kind of coda little one. And I think the big one that I, I mean, if I wanted somebody to take one thing away from the book, it would be to realize that their law firm is a system. Um, you know, lawyers tend to think of themselves sometimes as like artisans. You know, we craft pleadings and do things like that, which, you know, we are in a way. Um, or we sort of think of ourselves as like, you know, as a profession, maybe apart from things like people who manufacture things and like really different than that. But but really, we're not. You know, again, all businesses do the very same thing. They take a raw material of some kind, they put it through a process, and out the other end comes, you know, some kind of a product and, and money, too. So, you know, once you start to see your your law firm as a system where you you know, something comes in one side, you know, as a as a case or a prospect that, and you do certain things to it to enhance the value of it, you know, solve your client's problem, and that's how you get paid. Once you start to see that that flow, all kinds of things become possible 
because you start to see where all the little levers are that you can change that flow or affect that flow or, you know, in the words of Goldratt, take away constraints that increase the speed of that flow or what we call reduced cycle time. And so, you know, that realization is a fundamental shift in thinking that makes everything else possible. So that would be the big one. The little one is this. I think people shouldn't be afraid to experiment. You know, we keep in my firm saying, well, you know, traditional law firms do this, but what if we didn't do that anymore? And we keep kind of taking away these things and sort of, or changing something and waiting to see if there's some kind of a punishment or negative consequence that the market imposes on us for doing that. And most of the time, not only does it never come, but there's some kind of a benefit that we didn't see that we get out of that. So, you know, number one, your law firm's a system. Every business is a system. And number two, don't be afraid to experiment. And if I could add something quickly to the whole idea of seeing the law firm as a system, I think that's very important because what a lot of people do, and, you know, they go to ABA Tech Show and they go to these different sessions and they learn about certain efficiency techniques and automation techniques. But you can actually make your overall system less efficient by only automating certain portions of it. If you make one aspect of your system uh, very efficient and don't optimize other things, you can end up with major bottlenecks. So it's very important, I think, for people to understand when they go to make something more efficient in their law firm, to view it holistically and to view it as an entire system and to really have an understanding of how one thing affects another in their workflow. And I want to add one thing to that, because one of the things Larry does a very good job of in describing in the book is the things that you use, you know, key performance indicators, we call them KPIs, to measure whether you're doing things the right way or not. We have you know, rather than having like some really giant performance review, what we try to get people to do is to say, look, there's about four or five little gauges that you need to keep your eyes on that will tell you if things are going the way you want them to or not. And those are things that really speak to the speed and health of the system as a whole. And that is absolutely right. You can say, and what most people I think do is say, we're going to change this and see, this is the greatest thing we've ever, automation tool we've ever seen. Let's employ that. And then they don't realize the unintended consequences of that because they see that part of their business, you know, in isolation and they don't see what's this doing to the whole system. And so, you know, when you look at something like cycle time, for example, you can directly see how those things impact the system. And if they're not helping it, then that's the kind of thing you, you know, you want to get rid of. So, you know, much becomes possible when you look at things that way. Before we move on to our next segment, let's take a quick commercial break. Feel like your marketing efforts aren't getting you the high-value cases your firm deserves? For over 15 years, Scorpion has helped thousands of law firms just like yours attract new cases and grow their practices. As a Google Premier Partner and winner of Google's Platform Innovator Award, Scorpion has the right resources and technology to market your law firm aggressively and generate better cases from the internet. For more information, visit scorpionlegal.com forward slash podcast. Is your firm experiencing missed calls, empty voicemail boxes, and potential clients you'll never hear from again? Enter Answer One Virtual Receptionists. They're more than just an answering service. Answer One is available 24-7. They can even schedule appointments, respond to emails, integrate with Clio, and much more. Answer One helps make sure your clients have the experience they deserve. Give them a call at 1-800-ANSWER-1 
or visit them at answerone.com forward slash podcast for a special offer. Welcome back to the Digital Edge on the Legal Talk Network. Today, our subject is the Lean Law Firm, and our guests are Larry Port and Dave Maxfield, the co-authors of the book, The Lean Law Firm. Larry, there's talk about lean in the book, and as you know, I love the book. I I meant to say that earlier, that it really is one of the most original books I've read in a long time and kind of fun to read. But there is also talk in the book about Agile. Can you tell us about Agile and how it differs from lean? Sure. So Agile is really a different type of methodology for uh, production systems, and it's very popular in the software industry. So lean is all about this kind of derivation from the Toyota production system. Agile is kind of an umbrella organizational methodology for doing things. And there's there's certain meeting rhythms that are really, really handy for Agile. And we talk about a couple of these, but one of them is the retrospective, which I think if you're going to incorporate one meeting from the book or one takeaway from this podcast is a really, really good thing to do because it allows you to incorporate change. The retrospective allows you to say, okay, what are we doing that we should continue doing? What should we stop doing? And what should we start doing that we want to try? So that's the retrospective meeting. And we also talk about the daily stand-up meeting and some of these other kind of rhythmic meetings that law firms can do that really help move the ball forward and keep everybody on the same page in a very low overhead way. Dave, what's the first step that legal professionals should take if they want to incorporate lean techniques into their law firms? I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say go buy our book or go to our website. I mean, it sounds like I should be on late night TV, you know, selling a seminar at the Holiday Inn. But um, it really is. I, I do want to say this. I think it's a very easy place to start. It's, it's you know, deep enough to tell you what you need to know. It's specifically made for lawyers, and it's very accessible. I mean, the story is the hook that pulls you through it. I mean, we've one of the things I'm very happy about when we hear comments from people is that they really like the story part of it and it makes it easy to read. So I would recommend, you know, I'd recommend our book. Um, I would recommend that you, another book, of course, The Goal that Larry mentioned before and I mentioned before. Uh, there's a book called The Phoenix Project, which again is one of these sort of business novel, story, parable, you know, very accessible ways to get the concepts. And then I would look at people like John Grant, you know, who runs a great website and consulting service that, that, you know, really helps people how to, you know, get started in these techniques. And also there are other websites too that will, you know, kind of lead you on that path. But what I recommend you don't do is like dive into the, you know, Lean Six Sigma Black Belt, you know, manual number nine, because it's just going to make your head explode. And it's not made for lawyers, really. You have to do all that translation. And so what, you know, the resources that I've described do, I think, is really translate that into you know, lawyer. And and that's what we wanted to do. Yeah. And if I can just add to that briefly, you know, John Grant is Agile Attorney. So you can look him up, agileattorney.com. Our website is leanlawfirmbook.com. And you can always email me or Dave. I'm Larry at rocketmatter.com. And we can connect you with other people. I think talking with other people is really helpful to uh, move the ball forward and share experiences with us since it is a new field. Dave, how does your approach work with hourly billing? Uh, well, that's a whole other discussion, but I guess what I would say is we're sort of following that trend that kind of is moving away from hourly billing. Um, you know, we talk about 
of course, contingency fees, which smaller firms maybe tend to do more than uh, larger firms, but also flat fees, which is kind of a national trend anyway. You know, you can cut the time it takes for you to produce a product while you still improve that product's quality. But if you're still billing by the hour, then, you know, you don't get the benefit of that that improvement that you're trying hard to make. And really, your your client, maybe, you know, they're still paying by the hour, and there's almost a disincentive for you to get better and faster. So, you know, I think that maybe is against the client's interest, too. But overall, you know, you can still gain a lot at, if you are an hourly biller in terms of, like, quality uh, of your product and, you know, really the, the marketability and price of your services because when you become standardized, repetitive, you know, process-oriented, you know, you tend to have a better product. And so that makes you maybe worth more. But um, we really like going to, like, if you're going to bill people up front, you know, in a flat fee model seems to work better for everybody. Is there one misperception that people might get from the book that you'd want to correct? Oh, that's a good question, Jim. And it kind of goes hand in hand with the, the billing discussion we just had. You know, one misperception you could get from the book would be because we're saying, you know, look, it's important, speed is important, you know, being able to move something across the finish line and a lot of things across the finish line in terms of productivity is really important. Some people, you know, especially if we're talking to somebody who does a lot of contingency billing, like on personal injury cases, can take information like that and say, oh, you want me to settle everything because that's faster or settle on the cheap. And that's absolutely not what we're saying. What we're saying is build the best product you can, the best case you can, and that with standardization comes quality and with repetition comes quality. You know, Ferrari builds amazing cars and they do it because they're attentive to their process, um, but you won't find them building sewing machines. They are very much in a certain niche. And, you know, not to get into marketing too much, that's one of the things that we really try to counsel is to say, you know, figure out what you like, figure out what you love, get really, really good at it, and become the best at that. And that makes you more sought after and makes, you know, even if you are an hourly biller, maybe you have a higher rate that way. But what we're not saying in this book, Jim, is, we're not saying settle stuff on the cheap or turn yourself into like a settlement mill or something like that. We're saying, you know, be mindful of your cycle times. Realize how that impacts your bottom line. Build the best case you can build, you know, in, in the best amount of time. And, you know, clients, you know, in every kind of uh, practice I've ever been in have always appreciated, you know, having things not drag on forever. And I think that's one of the biggest complaints that lawyers get, which is why, you know, hopefully our processes will really help people make clients happier too. Before we move on to our last segment, let's take a quick commercial break. Looking for a process server you can trust? ServeNow.com is a nationwide network of local pre-screened process servers. ServeNow works with the most professional process servers in the country. Connect your firm with process servers who embrace technology have experience with high-volume serves, and understand the litigation process and the rules of properly effectuating service. Find a pre-screened process server today. Visit servenow.com. Imagine what you could do with an extra eight hours per week. That's how much time legal professionals save with Clio, the world's leading practice management software. With intuitive time tracking, billing, and matter management, Clio streamlines everything you do to run your practice from intake to invoice. 
Try Clio for free and get a 10% discount for your first six months when you sign up with the code TDE10. Of course, you can find Clio at Clio.com. That's C-L-I-O.com. Welcome back to the Digital Edge on the Legal Talk Network. Today, our subject is the Lean Law Firm, and our guests are Larry Port and Dave Maxfield, the co-authors of the book, The Lean Law Firm. Larry, you're not a lawyer, so why do you feel you're able to help deliver the lean messages to law firms? So it's a pretty good question. I do think that I have an unusual vantage point coming into this. So you have a guy who is a software engineer that comes from a different industry, is not a lawyer, and observes how thousands and thousands of law firms operate. So, you know, the big takeaway for me is that I really was shocked at the lack of business savviness that I'm seeing out there uh, among small law firms, especially. The larger ones seem to do better, but the ones that have less than five employees, especially, um, and and understandably, they, they really do not seem to have some of the basic tools that I think they need in order to move forward. And I also had to learn how to do all this stuff because when I was building Rocket Matter, you know, I'm I'm coming from a software engineering role and um, I'm a specialist like a lawyer is a specialist. So I had to learn how to run a business. And, you know, the tools are out there a lot more for people who are building software companies, it seems to me. I mean, there's there's all sorts of blogs. There's all sorts of material. Inc. Magazine seems to be made for people like me who are building software companies. So, you know, it was a combination of like having gone through the experience, having known about these tools and how wonderful they are and that they can jump from manufacturing to a knowledge industry. And then seeing that there's a lack of information in that industry being the legal field. And, and it just seemed like it needed to happen. So I was happy to step up to the plate on it. And yeah, and just to echo one thing about that, I think, you know, Larry's a brilliant guy and a great writer. And one of the things that kind of made it really great for me to work with him, and I think made the book a good product, is we have really this, you know, know, he's got this sort of 30,000 foot view, and I've got kind of this view from the trenches sometimes. So we can really kind of like talk back and forth about, well, does this really work, you know, and not just be academic about things, but really have everything in the book be kind of battle tested, which has been, you know, on a macro and micro level, um, which I think makes a lot of sense. Larry, how do you feel about the reaction to the book so far? Uh, I'm pretty thrilled with the reaction. I'm, um, I was very pleased that there was so much interest in it at the tech show, that it was the top selling book at tech show. And I just feel like maybe this is the right idea at the right time. We got very lucky during the show, because this was when the book debuted, by the way, back in in March, early March of 2018. And Dan Katz in his keynote address mentioned lean processes. And Dave and I had our session. So there was like a lot of interest in it. And I'm very, very pleased with how it's been received so far. And I'd be curious to see if Dave's on the same page as me. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we're the fact that we're on the Digital Edge podcast on the Legal Talk Network, <clears throat> I mean, I think it says it all. 
Well, that that was pithy, and and that was short and concise. So uh, we want to thank you both for being our guests today, Larry and Dave. Uh, I'm truly a fan of this book. I love the the way you introduce the fictional part. I love love the illustrations, and you know you go back and forth between the the story that you're telling and then what you're trying to teach. Uh, it is both educational and entertaining at the same time. Uh, I'm a little better than halfway through the book at this point, uh, and looking forward to writing a very positive review when I'm, I've concluded it because it really is fun uh, and it certainly is original. So thank you again, both of you, for being with us today. Thank you, Sharon. Thank you. And that does it for this edition of the Digital Edge Lawyers and Technology. And remember, you can subscribe to all the editions of this podcast at LegalTalkNetwork.com or on Apple Podcasts. And if you enjoyed our podcast, please rate us in Apple Podcasts. Thanks for joining us. Goodbye, Miss Sharon. Happy trails, cowboy. Thanks for listening to The Digital Edge, produced by the broadcast professionals at Legal Talk Network. Join Sharon Nelson and Jim Calloway for their next podcast covering the latest topic related to lawyers and technology. Subscribe to the RSS feed on LegalTalkNetwork.com or in iTunes. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer.